We are called to live faithfully for Jesus 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon and Chris. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast. Brandon and I are glad that you could join us once more as we take a pause from our study in the book of James and discuss a new topic tonight, cultivating a devotional life. And note that I said life and not time because there is a difference that we're going to discuss in that tonight. So Brandon, I'm glad to record another episode with you, my brother. Please enlighten us a little bit further on what a devotional life is. Absolutely. I'd be glad to. Because before we can talk about the elements of a devotional life and how we can guard that time with the Lord and cultivate this kind of life, we really need to have a definition and see what we're talking about here. Right. And just to preface this definition, here's a couple of things we're not talking about. When we talk about a devotional life, we aren't referring to a sectioned off area of our lives where, you know, we're only devoted to God for 15 minutes a day and half an hour a day while we leave the remainder of our days devoted to everything else. Mm-hmm. We're certainly not speaking about that. What we are talking about is engaging the Christian spiritual disciplines each and every day. That way we can cultivate an entire life of devotion to the Lord God. Mm-hmm. We're talking about meeting with God, which is a great privilege we have as believers. Right. We're talking about meeting with God daily in the scriptures and through prayer, whether it is a half hour or four hours. That way we can set the tone for the remainder of the day. And if you think about it, that time devoted to God in Bible reading and prayer will turn into days devoted to God. Mm -hmm. And those days will turn into weeks. Those weeks will turn into months. The months will turn into years. And you can kind of see where this is going. Right. Those years will turn into uh, a life that is devoted to the Lord God. Right. And so a devotional life entails the time and the spiritual disciplines that we use in order to be more devoted to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to find out as we go through this episode is that we must establish this devotional time. It's not going to happen by Mm -hmm. accident. It's not going to fall right into our laps. We need to establish this devotional time daily so we can commune with God, meet with Him as we said, but so that we can also grow in the faith, become established in biblical truth, become more like Christ, and so many other good things. Right. Yeah. And I I completely agree with that. Uh, We can get into this mode of letting a devotional time each day become the only part of our day devoted to God. But ultimately, a devotional time should lead to a devotional life. Yes. And if devotional time doesn't lead to a devotional life, then your devotional time really isn't devotional time. It's literally just a religious checkbox. And Mm -hmm. even as we've gone through the book of James, we've kind of talked about how sometimes people will do that little religious checkbox and do things outside of true faith and they don't really grow in them. It's just something Mm -hmm. that they do and it profits them nothing. But I fear many people are going to stand before the throne of Christ and, and hear the words, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. The worst words to hear 
in all of history and all of your life. And, and I think the reply that many people, when they hear that might be is, but I did a devotional every day. You know, I Mm. sat down and I got my cup of coffee Mm -hmm. and pulled out my aesthetically pleasing Bible and took an (laughs) Instagram picture of it. And, you know, look Mm. at me, Jesus. I did that every day, but I always remember that verse and, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. And I'm sure, Brother Brandon, you use this verse so often as a as a pastor mm-hmm. to encourage people to go deeper than just words and simple right. actions, but to go into a true, genuine faith. But it says, this is Jesus speaking, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Hmm. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And so I think something important to note in this passage is that we see action developed by faith, as we've been talking about again in our James Bible study that we've been doing, saying, Lord, Lord is not the key to eternal life. True faith, which leads to action, is the key there. Mm, right. Therefore, we need to see words backed up by action. When Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one, and this is something I would underline, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Words with action will identify a true faith. And as we're talking about today, a devotional time, a true devotional time should lead to a devotional life. So I thank you for clarifying that definition. And that's the title of this episode today is not a devotional time, but a devotional life. Right, right. And that does start with devotional time, but your devotional time is useless if it's not leading to a devotional life. And so I think what we're going to talk about a little bit further is our need for this devotional life. Brother Brandon, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure, I'd be happy to. And before we do, I just want to point out that was a great passage to choose in talking about a devotional life, mm-hmm. what Jesus mentions there in Matthew 7 because you know you hear oftentimes people say that Christianity is only a relationship it's not a religion Mm -hmm. and you know I've even said that in ignorance before actually but really if you think about it according to scriptural terms it's both it's both a religion and a relationship even Mm -hmm. the epistle of James talks about true undefiled religion in Mm -hmm. reference to the Christian faith But Jesus here emphasizes that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, his declaration to those who did many good works is, I never knew you. Mm -hmm. That's talking about that relationship, knowing him, uh, being his child. And it's that relational relationship aspect of the Christian faith where this devotional life comes in, Mm -hmm. where we're meeting with the Lord and we're developing our relationship with him and talking with him as we would somebody we were in a relationship with and having him talk to us. Right. And so let's talk about the need for this devotional life. Let's talk about some reasons why we need to cultivate this, why we need to set this time aside each day for the Lord. Mm-hmm. First of all, we all need a devotional life 
to feed our souls. Yes. It's pretty clear from the scripture that Christians need to eat. Mm -hmm. Christians need spiritual nourishment. And that spiritual nourishment comes from time spent daily in God's word. Right. There's a lot of passages about this. First Peter chapter two, verse two is one of those. He actually commands us to get into the Bible and feast upon it so we can nourish our soul. Mm -hmm. He says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Right. He's saying God's word is like milk and, and we ought to long for it, just like a newborn child longs for mm -hmm. his mother's milk. And the whole purpose of this is so that we'll partake of it. Right. A desire, a hunger for this spiritual milk will lead to a feasting of it. And that will lead to greater spiritual maturity, as he says, will grow up into salvation. Mm -hmm. um, Hebrews 5.12 talks about this. He says, uh, you need milk, not solid food, which the implication in that passage in context is that we need both milk and solid food from mm -hmm. God's word. But you know, another helpful passage about nourishing the soul is in Isaiah 55 verse 11. God compares his word to rain that is sent from heaven that nourishes the crops and the plants and helps them grow. Mm -hmm. He says, just as the rain falls from heaven, doesn't return back void. He says, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. And so that's, that's why we need the word of God as well. Our souls will be dry and, and will die on the inside without this really revitalizing rain mm -hmm. that hydrates our thirsty souls, which comes from the word of God. Yeah. And so we need a devotional life to feed our soul. I think that's pretty clear. If if right. we're not doing that, then we're just going to limp. We're just going to limp through the Christian life and we may eventually faint. That's mm -hmm. what happens when you don't eat. We need regular meals of God's word and it's best to start them at the beginning of the day. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Uh, here's the second reason. Secondly, we need a devotional life to minister to others. So we are meeting with God. We are studying his word and praying so that God may minister to our souls. But we need to do this in order that we can minister to others. Right. You know, we've got to feed ourselves before we can feed others. Um, we don't need to lead in the Christian life on empty, like we're out of gas, you know. And so that's why another reason why we need a devotional life, so we can minister up to others properly. Uh, there was a great Puritan, Richard Baxter, uh, many, many years ago, who warned us that we must not starve ourselves while we prepare meals of God's word for others. I thought this quote from him was really helpful to read at this point. He says, take heed of yourselves lest you perish while you call upon others to take heed of perishing and lest you famish yourselves while you prepare food for them. He said, many a cook scarcely licks his fingers when he hath dressed for others the most costly dishes. And that's a very stark warning, but a serious one for us today. Yeah. We don't need to burn out and run on empty. We need to make sure that our souls are fed 
if we are going to minister faithfully to others. Mm-hmm. And then here's the third reason. And there's probably many more, but we'll keep it to three. We need a devotional life to grow in Christ-likeness. We need a devotional life to grow in Christ-likeness, to become more and more like Jesus in our deeds and in our speech, in our everything we do. Right. Paul told us that we're being transformed each and every day through knowledge and becoming more like Jesus Christ because of that. Mm-hmm. He said in 2 Corinthians 4, 6 that God who said, let shine, uh, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, primarily what he's saying there is, you know, God has done a work in our hearts through saving us and sanctifying us to give other people knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But how do we give knowledge to others? By gaining knowledge ourselves, by growing in Christ-likeness, which comes through uh, prioritizing these spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And we might also remember that it's even Christ-like to have a devotional time. Because yep. Jesus even had a daily devotional time. And I think Luke five sixteen gives us a great insight to this. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus was at one of the heights of his public ministry. He was super busy. I mean, he, he barely even had leisure to eat. And it tells us that what he would do is he would withdraw from the crowds, from all the busyness, to desolate places and pray. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he prayed for a very long time. There's many passages which say he continued all night in prayer to God. Right. And so Jesus prioritized this devotional time with the Father, setting for us an example to follow. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if we want to be more like Christ, we need to start the day with Christ in this devotional yeah. time. Yeah. And going along with what you said, too, uh, I like what Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, where he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Mm-hmm. And verse 2 is very important, I think, in, in all of this understanding and how we get to that point. But do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And, and it's very important, I think, to understand that renewal of your mind because, you know, the world, right. they want to get us into a certain mindset. And if we're not constantly fighting against that mindset and getting our mindset set on Scripture and the will of God, then then we're always going to be stumbling around yeah, like lost little children. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Again, going back to this question, why do we need a devotional life? And just like you said, we could we could list probably a thousand reasons of why yeah, we need right. a devotional life. Uh, one reason, as I was just bringing up, so that we can stand up, simply just so we can stand up in here in this world as Christians. We need to have a devotional life, and we need to we we need to be centered in the Word of God. And, and another one that I think is an easy example is that we need a source of peace in this chaotic world. Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, goodness gracious guys, turn off the news for a little bit. 
<laughs> we're, we're so good at scrolling through TikTok and looking at Facebook and getting on YouTube. Just turn all of the mess off. Turn all of the junk off right. and get into the word of God. I like what Paul writes as well to the Philippians in Philippians chapter four, verse four through nine, where he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Hmm. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. And that's what we stand to gain. There's two two aspects that are pulled in into a devotional time that will lead to a devotional life here, and that is prayer and meditation, specifically meditating on the Word of God. But devotional time should be this time that's saturated in prayer and meditating on the truth of God in His Scripture, which is honorable. That's these are all right. things that we can apply to scripture here, right? Exactly. Scripture is honorable. Scripture is just and pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. And so I like how Paul structures this here as we read in Philippians chapter four. But you, you know, you look at that first part in verse four, where he says, Rejoice always. So again, I say we rejoice. You're getting into a mindset of rejoicing Hmm. in every circumstance. And he doesn't say rejoice in the good times and forget God in the bad times. He simply says it. Rejoice again, I will say. Rejoice always. Do it at every point. In the good times, the bad times, the mediocre times, the days where you don't feel like getting up, the days where you're up early and you're ready to go, rejoice in him always. When you're in that mindset of rejoicing, then it's hard for things really to bring you down. It's hard for trials and tribulations to hit you and get you into a place where, uh, you know, you're not necessarily following the will of God or, or living your life faithfully throughout the week. Uh, but, but then he goes on from that after getting into this mindset of rejoicing, but giving God your heart. You know, Mm -hmm. that's something you can do during a devotional time. And that's something that you will definitely do in a devotional life. And so when I I try and get up and do my devotional times first thing in the morning, just like Brother Brandon was mentioning earlier, and we're going to talk about this a little bit further in detail. But by doing that, when I wake up before my wife, when I wake up before my child and about to be before both of my children is... We're expecting another child any day now. Yeah, yeah. What I can do is I can talk out loud to God about every problem on my heart or even the joys of my heart, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And I'm not knocking therapy or anything. I think therapy is a good thing, but God is the best therapist in the world. Amen. And that's that's why Paul writes there 
that you need to give everything to God. Uh, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So that devotional time and in that devotional life, you're giving your heart to God. You're giving him everything that you have, everything that worries you, everything that excites you. And it helps you kind of make sense and get prepared for the day. And then to meditate on his word, to meditate on these good things, it prepares you for the the trials and tribulations of the day. Because when you're focused on negative things, then when something negative happens, it's even worse. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a million times worse. But when you're thinking about the good things, the pure things, the lovely things throughout the day, then it's going to be easier to make it through the tough parts because you're focused on the good things. You're focused on God's word. And there was one thing when I was in high school, I had this basketball coach and, and he taught me something very valuable. He said, if you're not thinking about the game before you get to the game, then you're most likely going to lose. And, and so he said, what you need to do is you need to, sit down on the bus when you're on your way to the game. You're not talking to your friends about your girl problems. You're not talking about what you did throughout the day. You shut out the whole world and you focus on the game. You you go through everything you expect to do in that game. You, you listen to some hyped up music. And I mean, I was kind of a little <laughs> bit nerdy about this. I would listen to like Beethoven and Mozart and (laughs) I really get you hyped up. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there, but I'm going through the plays in my head. I'm controlling my breathing as well. Getting into that mindset of, of, you know, breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth while I'm running and spending all of that oxygen. But I, I meditated on what needed to happen and it gave me a better rate of success when I played the game. And how can we expect to take on the world? Hmm. How can we expect to be able to stand up in this world if we don't start out our days meditating on the word of God, preparing for the spiritual battle that we're about to go in? And that's what life is. It's a spiritual battle. When you when you wake up in the morning, the devil is fighting for control of your mindset that day. And you need to make a conscious choice to give your mind your heart, your everything to God. And that starts with a devotional time that's going to lead into a devotional life. And there's many elements that we should talk about when it comes to this devotional life. And so, Brandon, what, what are some of the elements that we need to look at here? Sure, let's talk about it. So we've already established what a devotional life is and why we need to cultivate one. But let's talk about the things we actually incorporate in our devotional lives. Because, you know, this can be multifaceted, but we're going to narrow it down to just a couple of things. And let me just preface this by saying that ideally, when it comes to cultivating this devotional time that leads to devotional life, you want to sort of follow what Chris is saying, that we need to start as early as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, Science and experience both affirm that how you begin the day is vitally important. You know, that's when you're preparing for the game, as you said. Right. And there's actually been several mental health studies that have confirmed this. And they've actually said that 
the most important moments of the day are the first 20 minutes. Right. It's yeah. a pretty short time, but the first 20 minutes are the most crucial moments of the day. Um, I was reading this in the Entrepreneur Magazine, and they said this, that whether you get out of bed at 5 a.m. or 3 p.m., quite a big difference, it's the first yeah. 20 minutes, the first 20 minutes of your day that can set you up for success. And so when it comes to incorporating these things, we want to start them early, want to set the tone for the rest of the day, get started on the right foot. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you know, there's, you know, people live different kinds of lives, work different kinds of jobs, and you might simply not even have a choice to start early. You can end the day with these devotionals and wake up the next day thinking about the things that you were studying in God's word and the things you were praying about. Or the do both. Point, or do both. That's yeah. even better. Right, right. Uh, or follow the example of David three times a day, you know, morning, yeah. midday, and evening. But the point is, is to prioritize some time mm-hmm. to get some time slotted in your daily schedule where you can meet with the Lord God and be strengthened and prepare for the day. Right. But here's those elements. The, the main two elements of a devotional life are the scriptures and prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, there's many things we can incorporate into this, like listening to sermons or reading good Christian books. But... These are the two main things because this is where our relationship with God is really built. Right. First of all, we need to get into the Bible. We need to read God's Word. We need to meditate upon it, think deeply upon what we've read, memorize the Scriptures, and study them to discover the meaning. Right. This is important because, as we know, the Word of God is the primary means through which God speaks to us. Mm-hmm. We've already established how a good, vital, healthy relationship is dependent on often on communicating often and healthy communication. And if we're going to deepen in our relationship with God, we need to hear from Him as often as we possibly can. Yeah. And so, one thing I found helpful is when it comes to prioritizing time to read the Bible and study it is having a good reading plan. Yes. Um, I am easily distracted. <laughs> I'm easily distracted and kind of unorganized just as a person. And so a Bible reading plan has really been, you know, a lifesaver for me. So I highly recommend that. Find some online, find some in your Bible reading apps. They help you to stay on track. And a lot of Bibles, actually, if you turn to the back and sometimes they're in the front, have a, a section yes. that say, hey, here's a good path for reading exactly. through the Bible, either just starting from beginning to end or even doing it in a chronological order or having uh, you know a good portion of both Old Testament and New Testament each yeah, day for right. a year. So. Yeah, there's a lot of different options, you know, to there's like thematic Bible reading mm-hmm. plans, a lot of them just to help you out. The point is they help you to stay on track and to keep you accountable. Right. And I, you know, I found a lot of times when I have a Bible reading plan and I've got a lot of unchecked boxes next to the readings I was supposed to complete. I'm like, Oh man, I need to, <laughs> I need to get in gear, you know, but yeah. that's why these things are also called spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. because we need to discipline ourselves to do these things. 
And also included under this heading would be maybe reading a daily devotional um, or a good Christian book to start your day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many people don't have a lot of time to do that, but if you do have time to read the Bible and read a good Christian book along the way, that's, that's really ideal. And I'll put a personal plug in here. If you don't care, uh, on Amazon, I have a 100-day devotional that mm-hmm. is specifically tailored for this. It is called Bible Gleanings. Actually, I actually have two of them, Bible Gleanings Volume 1 and Bible Gleanings Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, just simply type that in on Amazon, and you can find it. And I hope you'll get it. I hope it'll benefit your devotional time. Yeah. So we need to start with the Word of God. And then, secondly, the other element that's really crucial is prayer. Mm-hmm. Now, We've said the Bible is where God speaks to us. Prayer is where we speak to God. And Chris has already established the importance of this in referencing Philippians 4, Mm -hmm. where Paul says, give your heart to God in prayer and don't hold anything back. Talk to him about everything. Whatever your worries are, your anxieties or your requests, lay them out in prayer before the Lord God. Mm -hmm. That's where that peace really comes from. But we need to talk to the Lord. We need to pray about what's going on in our lives. We need to confess our sins. We need to repent. And the great thing about prayer is it's kind of fluid in its types and kinds. Sometimes we can just pray short prayers. Sometimes we need to pray longer prayers. You Mm -hmm. know, really, as I say, get, get behind the shed and get along with the Lord. Speak to him for a long time. But we need to make sure we're praying to the Lord. And we need to lay our requests out before Him Mm -hmm. and make sure we're speaking to Him. Now, as I've already mentioned, I'm kind of unorganized and easily distracted. And I have found myself to be greatly distracted in prayer. Um, I don't know if that's been your experience, Chris, but a lot of times I'll start praying about one thing and somehow I'm praying about a speaking engagement that's not coming up for two more years, you know, Yeah. like where did, where did that, you know, where did that come from? So one thing that's helpful is, you know, to keep us on track with prayer, we can start a prayer list. Mm -hmm. Now things to pray about um, as we speak to the Lord that can keep Mm -hmm. us organized and on track. But what I found most helpful above all is to simply pray about what I've just read in the Bible. Yeah. That is so helpful, so beneficial. So like if Mm -hmm. you're reading Psalm 4 where David says, you know, answer me, Lord. You have delivered me in times past and I know you'll deliver me again. Now, of course, that's a paraphrase. Mm -hmm. But we can pray immediately after that and say something like, God, thank you that that's been my experience, that you've delivered me time and time again and you'll deliver me in the future. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of stay on track with that. You can sort of let the Bible dictate what you're going to be praying about. And it's always going to be something good if it's coming from the Bible. Mm -hmm. And and I like the the Bible app and it it has this thing called a daily refresh now Mm -hmm. on there. And you can read like the scripture of the day and then go through a little devotional on the scripture of the day. And then it'll talk to you about praying about what you just Mm -hmm. read as well. And not only that, but even after that, it takes you through the prayers that you have listed on, on your, your page, your little, uh, Bible page that you've Mm -hmm. you've created. And so I'll sit there. I like to go through those daily refreshes myself 
and you read the verse of the day, you pray about it, and then what you've put on your personal prayer list, which you can make public as well, and other people can pray about those things with you. But I, I put people like the members of the church that I pastor, I put mm-hmm. them by name and I, I make little notes to things that they've asked me to pray about as well. So that prayer list you were talking about, you can put right there on your, your Bible app on your, your phone or on your tablet or whatever. And that way you can't ever use the excuse. Well, I wasn't at home. I didn't have my list in front of me. Yeah, you can take right. your list everywhere. Yeah, that's, that you. sounds like a good tool. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm going to mention something about using our phones to help us in our devotional lives just in a mm-hmm. moment here. But one thing uh, in addition we need to talk about, um, I believe this will be the last thing we cover, is the obstacles or challenges to a devotional life. Right. Now, we've already talked about how this isn't going to be an easy thing to do, that mm-hmm. there's a lot of distractions to this, there's a lot of hurdles and hindrances to a devotional life. A lot of things that are going on with our own flesh and with the world that are trying to get us not to spend time with God. Right. And so let's talk about a few obstacles that we'll need to overcome in order to cultivate both devotional time and a devotional life. Mm-hmm. First of all, lack of motivation. Now, I don't yeah. know about you, but you know, I don't wake up every single morning like, man, I can't wait to <laughs> read five chapters of scripture and a section of a really deep theological book. Right. Maybe I had a long night, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe I've been exhausted from, from ministry and work and such. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the motivation. Well, see these things uh, really shouldn't be dependent on our motivation because our motivation comes and goes, right. You know, it's not something that's reliable. This is why, again, we refer to these things as spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. Discipline comes in where motivation fails us. Right. Getting in that disciplinary routine of meeting with God and his word and prayer will help us to do those things when we don't really have the motivation to do them. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing we need to watch for is lack of motivation and making sure we're disciplining ourselves to do these things. Right. Another obstacle would be distractions. And there's many distractions we could talk about, but one I just want to hone in on is something more prevalent in our day, namely distractions of technology. Right. We have so many things that are bombarding us in the digital realm that can take our focus off of spiritual things, the good commendable things like you talked about earlier. And honestly, the smartphone is one of the key contributors to these distractions. Yeah. Think about the whole purpose of like notifications and pings and messages. Mm-hmm. It's your phone's way of saying, check me, check me. Right. And a lot of times what we can do is we shut our, we shut our alarm off, which most of the time is on our phone. <laughs> and we immediately open Facebook Messenger or Facebook yeah. or Twitter or our email app or our text messages. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we're setting the tone for the rest of the day and it's not, it's not in a good way. Yeah. And so we need to make sure that the first thing we're doing is checking to see what God has said in his word. Right. And checking in with him in prayer before we ever reach for our smartphone to Mm -hmm. check in to see what everybody else is doing in their lives. Yeah. And And, smartphones. Go ahead. Well, I I would just like 
because I do all of my my uh, stuff on my tablet in the morning, all mm-hmm. of my devotionals, and and it, it takes it takes a discipline there as well. But you it can does. help out with that discipline when it comes to technology by by setting up limits mm-hmm. on on there, setting up restrictions, Absolutely. and and uh, making it a saying that if you cannot pick up your phone or your tablet without going first to social media, then then maybe you don't need to do your devotional time on a phone or right, tablet. Right, right. But to do it with just the hard copy of the Bible right in mm-hmm. front of you. Because guess what? Both ways are beneficial. Uh, yeah, right. But one way can be a lot less beneficial if you aren't disciplined. Yeah, and I found myself for a long time being unable to to do that. Where right. I, you know, I couldn't read the Bible on my phone because I'm like, well, I can just minimize this real quick and check mm-hmm. my email. Maybe there's something I missed, you know. So yeah. for me, almost always I use a hard copy of yeah. God's Word to well, keep me on track. And on my tablet, I don't have any of my social media. Uh, oh, that's I, good. Yeah, I just don't have anything but the Bible app on on my tablet and my tablet is simply used for scripture and Mm -hmm. study and everything that's really good and and so uh but i gotta be careful sometimes with that phone because i can't pick up the phone and do my devotionals because then guess what i i can get caught up in that social media stuff so yeah exactly and you you're right to point out that Many of the modern smartphones, I know the iPhone has this option where you can set those limits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can't get into the app unless you, you go on there and you purposely ignore it. Uh, but I've got one set daily from like 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. to mm-hmm. you know keep me mostly off of it. Sometimes I'll get on it on the computer for you know the church or something. But right, yeah, you can set those limits, you know, mm-hmm. and still use your smartphone or whatever it is for God's glory by you know, employing those devotional tools. Right. I would highly recommend under this point, the book by Tony Reinke, 12 ways your phone is changing you for anybody out there that regularly uses a smartphone. He talks about a lot of those things. Right. So lack of motivation, distractions of technology. Another obstacle would be considering your devotional time to be like a dry routine. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris talked about earlier, just viewing it as, you know, checking off a box on our religious checklist. Well, that's mm-hmm. definitely an obstacle because that's not a devotional time or a devotional life. Yeah. And so we need to make we need to make sure we draw ourselves away from this legalistic view where all we have to do it. You know, we have to keep yeah. our check boxes full. The perspective yeah. we ought to have in reading God's word and praying is we get to do it. Yeah, And what a joy it is that we get to hear from God daily and meet with him before his yeah. face. You don't got to do it. You get to do it and you need to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Amen. Um, another obstacle, uh, fourthly, might be just a really early start to the day. Sometimes we have to get going as soon as our eyes open. I've, we've all had a lot of days like that. Um, in that case, if that's an obstacle for us, this goes back to what we said earlier. We need to find some time during the day to meet with the Lord, even if right. we just simply can't do it in the morning. Yeah. And here's another obstacle. And I've, I've found this to be true with um, 
some people I have talked to is um, they don't get up early enough uh, to meet with the Lord. That can be an obstacle if mm-hmm. we are staying up uh, too late when we don't need to be and you know, we're sleeping in too long. We're like, oh, you know, where's that time that uh, I can meet with the Lord? Well, <laughs> we would have that time if we prioritize it by going to bed early and get, getting up early as well. Yeah. So that's really where the discipline element comes in. Yeah. Oh, and, and you're more likely at the beginning of the day to have follow through with something. Your follow through mentality yeah. kind of drifts away the the longer you you're awake the further right, your right. day goes and, and like at the end of the day you know i know i have to like do the dishes or clean the house or give my daughter her bath and put her down for for sleep but man by the end of the day i'm laying on the couch and i'm like yeah i just want to sit here and think about nothing and do nothing right and, right and so that's why i myself i strive to start my day centered on christ and his word and it leads me to live the rest of my day the same way. And actually, I found that when I've started my days in a time of devotion, focusing on God, I have even better follow through at the end of the day on those days. Right, uh, right. Because, you know, I, I have those commands that I'm looking at that I need to take care of my family, that I need to get business done, that I need to, to you know, live for Christ and every aspect of my life, my work life, my family life, my, my social life. Uh, and, and it leads me to have better follow through overall. Uh, but you're more likely also to overcome temptation throughout the day when you start your day off with God. Mm. There's a lot of ways to fall throughout the day. And I found that it's so much easier for me to fall when I'm distracted and taking that time each morning to get in a, a devotional, to talk to God, to to read his word and meditate on it, it helps me like I was talking about with those games. I would think about the game and I wouldn't trip up as much. I would make more of my shots. I would remember the plays better when I thought about it beforehand. And so if I'm starting my day with God, walking with him, then it's going to be a whole lot harder for the devil to trip me up. And, and I like okay. what Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 through 25 here. He says, but I say, uh, walk, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. And that's another thing about Christianity that gets me so riled up is we live in a culture that says, do what you desire, do what you want to do. But that's what Christ tells us to do completely the opposite throughout scripture. And that's what, you know, Paul is writing here. You don't do the things that you want to do because what you want to do is evil and vile and sinful. Yeah, Yeah. You know, do what Christ wants you to do, but it goes on in verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. These are the things that trip us up throughout the day. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, 
envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so I say it's not enough to acknowledge the Spirit on this path we walk on through life. We must walk with the Spirit, Amen. hand in hand, keeping in step with Him. And this is where I believe a devotional time becomes a devotional life. So I would encourage you to wake up each morning. If, if there's a time of the day you need to do it, I would say each morning and focus on the word of God, talk to God, get prepared for your day with God so that you can live for God throughout that day. And that's all Amen. I've got to say on a devotional life. Amen. Very good. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to the Faith 168 podcast today. And we pray this episode on cultivating a devotional life has been a blessing to you. And we hope and pray that you'll live out the next 168 hours faithfully for Jesus. And that always begins with a devotional time that leads to a devotional life. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for this insightful episode we've been able to share together. And we thank you for the great privilege we have of meeting with you and your word and through prayer. We praise you so much for these great gifts that you've given us. Thank you for speaking to us. And thank you for allowing us through the blood of Christ to speak to you. And we simply pray that we might do as Jesus says and seek first your kingdom and, and your righteousness and seek you first in your word and in a time of prayer each and every day. For we know that through these things, the Holy Spirit will work and make us more and more like Christ. Yes. So again, Lord, we thank you for these things. We pray we might prioritize you in all we say and do. And we pray these things in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we will see you in 168 hours.